I have so many ideas, but one day I'll make you a t-shirt, Wes, that says Papi Chulo on it. Perfect. I will wear it. Definitely won't be weird when someone's like, Hablas Espanol? I'm like, Si, Papi Chulo. <laughs> Just like uh, the guy who was wearing the MLS Espanol. Ladies and gentlemen, dogs and clowns, welcome to the 551 Podcast. My name is Wes Berdine. I am joined by Rodrigo Sanchez Chavaria, Mark Fangmeyer, and uh, Corey Shreppel's on extended international duty. He's uh, back from Iceland, but he said he's quote unquote jet lagged. But um, that's mostly because he probably was just, um, you know, to to recovering from all the. Oh, shit. I can't say any of this. Never mind. I was going to make a few jokes, but. Uh, does Corey, he's, does, just, Corey, he's does, just distraught about how liver poop have been playing recently. No, I was going to make jokes about uh, wearing dinosaur costumes on your anniversary, but I'm going to keep it PG here. <laughs> Someone, if you ever see Corey Shreppel, ask him about dinosaur costumes. It's it's not sex thing, but um, it is kind of funny and semi romantic. It could be, though. it can be, it yeah. could be. Um, so anyway, it was his anniversary. He was in uh, uh, Iceland celebrating so congratulations um and on this podcast we are going to talk about the soccer all of it or at least a tiny portion of it um and we're going to talk about that kick-ass minnesota versus austin game 2-1 win but first let's do a little bit of the good the bad and the weird we've got the good which is all the soccering that happened in england sorry dudes it's no longer called football it's no longer called calcio it's now called soccer as Jesse Jesse Marsh and the uh, the the United States of Leeds kicked the shit out of Chelsea. Pardon my language. Um, it was just a, a glorious spanking, um, the the likes of which um, you definitely need to slap an explicit lyrics rating on. Um, what can we say about this? Brendan Aronson was electric. He got an assist and a goal. Uh, Jack Harrison, honorary American, former MLS guy, got an assist and a goal. Um, we had, uh, let's see, Tyler Adams had an impeccable game. Uh, they just, it was just a, after watching Spurs get so lucky, was it last week, the other week, yeah. against, uh, to get a draw with Chelsea to watch Leeds go out there. And it was just, um, it was like they just like the style of soccer. You can only describe it as like smashing up smarties or nerds or whatever, but also putting cocaine in it and then snorting it. Um, <laughs> so you can get that whatever the drug high is, and then the then the sugar high as well, just to to really do it, and then go out there and do that for ninety minutes. It was uh, it was glorious. I can't, I can't imagine cleaning up all the uh, smarties dust. Yeah. After, and, after I mean, the and the team's room. budget for cocaine it has to be astronomical. I mean, with yeah. the exchange rate to pounds and everything. I mean, at one point, they're going to have to invest in Jolt and just have that be like an IV bag every time I practice. Did you know they make Jolt caffeinated gum? That uh, I did not Jesse know. Marsh is, is absolutely... Well, I mean, he's probably a Red Bull man, but he's also a, uh, a, a mellow yellow guy. That's, that's his... Uh, yeah. That's where he gets or maybe from. a Surge... No, no, surges for the kids. Um, 
but let's let's just just pay homage to, to how badass that was and how great it was. I mean, it was really just great just to make fun of English people for a few days and Tommy Too Cool as well. Um, and then just just to see them do so well, especially because Jesse Marsh was uh, number one in prediction for uh, managers to get fired. And I think that, I mean, that was one of the most impressive uh, victories we've seen in a long time. So congratulations, Jesse. Um, speaking of, uh, on the opposite end of the table, down at the bottom, a relegation fight. We usually don't pay attention to relegation, but when it happens between medium-sized clubs like um, Manchester United and Liverpool, then it's, it's at least worth bringing up. Uh, Liverpool uh, <laughs> continuing to struggle, uh, probably going down at this point. I think they have uh, one more point than Everton, another medium-sized club, uh, <laughs> as Manchester United gets their first points of the season. Um, and uh, Liverpool giving it up easy to uh, to Manchester United. And, and there you go. Now it's there at three points, Liverpool at two points, really uh, really just going out the gates, guys. Um, Corey, what about Not- Nottingham Forest? Yeah, Nottingham Forest as well. Um, uh, just... Yeah, one of my favorite teams, uh, mostly because their logo and their nickname, the Tricky Trees. They're, if you go look up their um, owner, I forget his name, but he's like a Greek shipping magnate, which um, I don't know if you've ever heard the words Greek shipping magnate, but um, basically if you've watched season two of The Wire, that guy okay. that guy is owns Nottingham Forest now. Uh, so there you go. Um. The other good here is uh, coming back to the United States, Union Omaha's goalkeeper, Kevin Piedrita. I'm going to say that's his name, how you pronounce it, and I'm going to say it. That's correct. Um, in the 33rd second of the match against no, North... 26th second. 26th second, sorry. Yeah. Uh, against the match, in the match against North Carolina FC, scores the first goalkeeper goal in uh, USL history. Just, just from the... He's got the ball, he drops it, and he kicks it, and... Uh, it bounces once, twice, three times. It made it um, right into the goal. So that was that was yeah. gorgeous. Congratulations, Union Omaha. They're our buddies. Oh, did you hear that Kai Kamara scored his 135th goal in the MLS? Only took him uh, three years to get that 135th. <laughs> Apparently, I don't know. <laughs> It's the 135th goal. I don't know if it's in the MS, but I don't know what it is. But it's, I'm just kidding. We miss you, Kai. Kind of. Um, the bad here is that um, Barcelona finally registered their big signings, Lewandowski, Rafinha, Christensen, and Kessie, but not Koundé. Um, so they had, I don't know if you guys have been following all of this. Um, I've, fill me in because I was still wondering how the heck are they going to pull this off when they're like so in debt and they're selling off players from their academy team. Yeah. So one great thing I started listening to a few months ago is this podcast called The Price of Football. It's um, it's two English journalists who, I mean, 60% of it is just weird, tan- like English style humors and jokes and tangents that are like, come on, guys, just get back to it. But then the podcast would be like 10 minutes. But both of them are like, it, it's a podcast basically about the economics of soccer. And they, they talk a lot about different different takeovers, but also like how loans are structured, et cetera. Um, they talk, I don't really follow this Barcelona stuff. So I, I have followed it mostly because they started talking about it. Barcelona bought all these players. And then uh, Spain has their own fair play laws that tells them like, well, 
you know, you can't buy all these players because you need to free up some wage bills. And that's why they've been fighting with their players to take pay cuts. And so then they did this weird thing where they sold off part of their TV rights to a company and, um, and they were like, okay, well, we have all this income. And then the league was like, okay, but you sold off the TV rights to a company that you own. So it's not income. You can't do this. And then they're like, oh, uh, oh, okay. Didn't think you would actually read that. Um, and then, so now they have sold off TV rights, like 25% of their TV rights. Um, I believe 25% of something called Barca Studios, which I think is an additional thing. Anyway, they keep on selling. Is that is that like Crusty Land? From yeah, the exactly. Yeah. Like it's just, yeah. it's just so bizarre. So I live the ghost of to. ghost of messy haunting, <laughs> haunting the halls of this like beaten down uh, third rate um, Epcot right. uh, or or what's the um back when I was a kid when you went to uh, Disney MGM Studios, there would be like the fake Jaws that would come up that you go. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, it's exactly that. But um, Messi just socks, stalks the halls. Um, so they keep on doing that. So now they've sold off enough of that that they have this extra income. And so now they can register everyone, but they still need to get some players to leave so they can register Kunde. Um, they're a mess. Barcelona, I am convinced, is not going to be a team in three years. Not Or, or it's going to be like... Wind, wind down and go to the bottom of the the barrel. Um, maybe you think so. Yeah, they they are the the financial problems that they are in are catastrophic, and no one there's no incentive for anyone to say like, okay, we need to be real, we need to cut back. Um, they they just refuse to believe that that they that yeah, they, they, they can be they, anything. There've been no changes whatsoever from when they were. Lucy Messi and all the other stuff that they had on there. I mean, it's that would be an interesting podcast to hear about because I want to, like, you know, understand a little bit more how, like, in La Liga, you literally have, like, two big squads, you know, that clearly just take all the money and everyone else is kind of just, like, whatever's left over that you had to do that. I don't know. I just, I just, it's, it's really interesting, but, like, yeah, it, it's, it's sad that they can't figure it out. And they keep on buying players. It's like the biggest Ponzi scheme that you can literally think of. It's like when someone calls you and you know asking you to renew your insurance because um, it's been lapsed. It, I think it's but more. You don't own a car anymore. I think it's more an, an addict, like watching an mm-hmm. addict struggle. It's where like, they just they haven't like, hit like the a bottom and and yeah. recognize like an it. episode of Hoarders. No, it's yeah. like, like when an addict starts selling off their household goods. Like yeah. their TVs, they like, pawning off everything yeah. to like just cover their bills and all their stuff that they want to spend their money on. Uh, it never ends well. Speaking of so addicts, what's the, what's the addiction here then? Um, is it the players? The or? addiction is is yeah, players and spending money and and chasing chasing something. They're buying thirty four year old strikers for forty million dollars. It's a um, it's insanity. Here's here's another addiction. Um, starting up weird. Uh, boutique, not even boutique, uh, narcissist soccer leagues in this country. Um, there's a new a new league in town. It's called NSL. They uh, streamlined the NASL. Because there's also an NSL already. Oh, so it's called yeah. NSL Official? 
Yeah. All right. So this is basically the work of a guy now named Scott Matchmakers Michaels. He gave himself this nickname, and he's going with it. Um, and his football people partners, but football people is an organization that um, is him. Like he is the organization, and so he's partnered with himself. Um, who you know again, no judgment. There's no kink shaming here. Um, so he partnered with himself to create this new league called the National Soccer League. And I mean, the video for it, introducing it is the copy is like weird. Like, I don't mean this to be insulting, uh, but like weird, like not fully fluent in English um, type copy. <laughs> it's like, uh, it's it's kind of wild. Um, so it reminds you of like the uns. Of mystery eras where you had that guy with the trench coat just come in talking that really make no sense at all but creepy what's the name of the um robert stack yeah robert yeah actually this would be pretty awesome if you reshot this nsl video with the trench coat that would be that would make it real uh, really legit anyway i don't know if there's anything to say about this league but it's I don't know, but I mean, go check out. There's an article where somebody in LA took him seriously and did like a full on like article about the the relaunching and how f- after a 40 year hiatus, LA Aztecs are finally coming back. Yeah. And it is hilarious because well, just how yeah. bad it is. Well, he, he imagines it to be like a Harlem Globetrotters thing where they're not going to be in a league. Even NSL is going to be outside the USF soccer pyramid, which like players can't play outside the U.S. soccer pyramid. You can't get professional players to do that. So what are you going to, how are you going to, what players are you going to find if they, they're not going to be sanctioned by U.S. soccer? Uh, I, it, it's wild. So good luck to them. Let's finish on some Aurora news, which is head coach Nicole Lukic is coming back for the 2023 season. She was announced this week and, uh, also to be announced this week, big signing, um, the new mascot. Ooh, I saw un- the un- fancy shoes. Yeah, there was a shoe uh, video that um, that our communications team filmed the other day and, and put out. So they're teasing it, and um, the so it's going to be Sunday, this August twenty eighth. There's going to be like a parade and an unveiling, etc. So um, at the state fair at Minnesota State Fair. Um, Aurora are going to have a booth at the fair the whole time. Um, but then after the 28th, there will be spe- special mascot merch as well. We'll have Ooh. other new merch. I think we're pretty stocked. We have a bigger, we're right next to Minnesota United. We've got a bigger really? uh, area yeah. this time. And uh, it's still like a third of their size. But um, there's going to be new merch, including, um, it's mostly like fall oriented. Uh, so, like new sweatshirts, so, new uh, uh, can spice latte There's so. a special hat that is being dropped that is is a partnership with um, these guys who do a lot of uh, minor league baseball hats, and so it has a minor league baseball feel. Oh, um, that's my jam! And so they're gonna there's gonna be only available online through this through their company. They do like these boutique hats, and then we will have some in person at the stadium. And uh, yeah, so it's going to be cool. I'll be there a little bit, um, but you can come and see. There's going to be a few players. Um, I know that 
Um, Ken's Lang doc is going to be working a couple shifts and, um, shoot a few other people who are local. Um, might be Mariah. I, I saw the list. Sorry. I won't oh, just come by. G will be there too. So. G will be there. You can get your, um, Jersey signed by G and, uh, or me, you know, depending on who you want it signed by. That's all for the Minnesota Aurora News. We will take a break and we'll be back and talk some Minnesota United. Back on the 55-1 podcast, let's talk about those loons. Uh, we did not have a sighting of the flying death loon, the death loon drone. Uh, very depressing. I haven't seen it. Yeah. Kind of Sorry, disappointed. Yeah. Um, but there is a Twitter account that was created in, the, in their name. There's so, a Twitter yeah. account that's created for literally every... Michael Boxell's shorts, game shorts, I'm sure has a Twitter account. Go check it right now. Dude. By the time you listen to this podcast, it will be a Twitter account. I mean, maybe okay. I'll start with for Michael Boxell's abs. Have you ever seen him when he goes on vacation? There's it's a Twitter amazing. account for that as well. I'm sure <laughs> by the time you listen to this, people, there will be a Twitter account for that. Um in the news, Emmanuel Reynoso and Adrian Heath are both named Team of the Week uh, after Minnesota's win over Austin. And so let's talk about that win. That was a 2-1 win. Uh, we talk a lot, or at least I do on this podcast, about wins that you deserve, wins you were lucky to get, uh, losses you deserved, and losses you were lucky to get. This was a deserve. It's kind of a rarity. Um, definitely our best performance since DC United, and this was against an actual team of professional footballers. So um, <laughs> so I think it, a pretty big improvement. Um, what, what do you want to say about this? Anyone stand out to you guys? Um, I thought that for all, like the starting lineup that we put out there was probably what I would like to have for the rest of the season, if possible, everyone stayed healthy. Kamar Lawrence was out at left back and DJ Taylor in. Yeah. I, I think DJ Taylor did it, did it, did it, did a good job, a decent job. Uh, um, but I also, job. I also thought this was Alan Benitez's best defensive game that we've had seen so far. And I think that I don't know if there was a communication or what the issue was, but it seems to be working a little bit better now. And I think that having that that group talking or understanding each other where they need to be is um, is one of the reasons why um, Austin didn't have so many concrete chances the majority of this game. The last 15 minutes is a whole different conversation. But I think you're right. I think at least he, he was better defensively and he was he's still really interesting to watch going forward. He doesn't send in a lot of crosses but um or doesn't complete them at least uh but he had that fantastic run through the center uh, oh he's so fast that he did and then lays it off to amaria and amaria took a shot into the side netting and then benitez was like man i just ran 80 yards give me the ball um yeah. no and one thing i like about him too is that like unlike matnair like when he's running down the sideline instead of going all the way down to the end line he's if he's doesn't have the ball. He cuts like about the he 18 yard box. Yeah. He just and cuts he it and goes straight to goal. Yeah, it's so great. Um, nothing about his stats impressed me. He did have nine interceptions, which I thought was good. But everything else, like his passing and everything, I thought that he was really good going forward. But I think his passing was something in the seventies, lower seventies, yeah. and uh, and he only had like it was like the first was it whatever the match previously was. Uh, 
oh, I guess Nashville was probably Nashville. Uh, his clearances were much better. Like there's only like one clearance. I remember like late in the match, like the 80 some minute where like he like botched it and like sent it like to the top of the box. Like he was much cleaner on his clearances and was always seemed to be in a good spot to make a clearance as well. Um, is there a noticeable difference about this team right now? I mean, I know we've been trying to put our finger on this and, and the best we've come up with is like, they look more motivated, but it, it feels like, and, and maybe th- th- I'll go to a question. Someone asked, Nate Pence sent in the tweet, pensehomes.com, pensehomes. Mm-hmm. Um, how much credit does Heath get for the run since the end of June? I mean, it is a really impressive run. I mean, if you look at uh, like the last 10 matches, like starting from the LA Galaxy match onward, um, we're 7-1-2 and two with 23 points, 2.3 points per game. Only. And the only team... Only team better than us on this on this last ten minute or ten matches has been LAFC, who have one point more than that. They have twenty four points in the last ten matches, so it's impressive. And at least this weekend, I would definitely give Heath a lot of credit because one thing he did when we had the lead and we wanted to hold it is he parked the bus, but he parked the bus further up the field in that he kept the press going and he brought in defensive minded uh, uh, midfielders who are able to hold that kind of pressing line up as opposed right. to bringing in someone like Coleman, where you're just parking the bus deep in your own end and just taking on pressure after pressure, like all of the shots and just having to like relieve it, run it out. And it worked well because also like the counter seemed to work much better when you can stop the ball in the middle third of the field versus down in your you know bottom third of the field. He stretched the field defensively in that sense. And that created, you know, well, when, when Heath made those oh, all, okay. all midfielder substitutions, it was a. It was more like we have midfielders that can make runs and midfielders that understand where where the ball the cutter needs to go. But for me, I think like, I think this starts. A it has to do with the schedule, right? After after that game, it, it got a little bit better. We we able to face opponents to be able to to kind of vibe, or as you call it, you know, vibing uh, soccer. But uh, I. I think for me, like the unsung thing for me is 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 Lude. The way Lude has been playing lately in that role has really been for me the spark that kind of releases um, Reynoso. But then Reynoso having a much better understanding, and as well as uh, Fragapane and Bonk, can have a much better understanding as to how they need to be working with Reynoso. And because now, as you, as you can see from this game, every time Reynoso had the ball, is either one of those two that were making runs down the line there yeah. or stretching the field and creating space for him to be able to do whatever he needs to do, right? And I think that's, that's key because Molino, in a sense, sort of did that last time. Uh, and that's that's when Reynoso was more creative and more dangerous. It also helps out that you know he's actually scoring goals, but at the same time, like I think the play of Bongi and the understanding with Bongi and Reynoso and Fragapane, that attacking three is 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 one of the reasons why we are, are good at, at at that counter. And I think Lou doesn't get enough credit. Um, he does all the dirty work. I mean, his his ball handling skills is great. But just his low center of gravity when he has control of the ball and someone trying to take the ball off his body, it's just Luka Modric esque, I would call yes. it. Um, yes, I agree. Um, I, I think that he, I also uh, 
appreciated watching his doggedness around the top of the box and getting getting at people and just getting on their body and trying to get the ball away from them and making sure they can't do anything. Um, I think that he's a superb eight. Um, he's our best striker, and he's our best eight. So uh, I don't know what you do with that. You just clone him, do something. <clears throat> uh, uh, you know, I thought that there were players like Ariaga who, after he did something to his ankle. I thought they were going to pull him off and they didn't. And it was quite obvious that he wasn't up for the rest of the game. Uh, but um, DJ Taylor was in a tough position. I think Debassi I've seen be really muscular with guys lately in a way that you see, um, you know, if, for anyone who's played like rec uh, soccer with people my age, um, but like talented, like guys who were like used to be really good and now they're kind of slow like me, um, they, those guys tend to be like, they tend to be actually the most vicious because they're kind of like not able to be as good as the, and now these like young kids are like trying to show them up. I think, but Debassi is like making me a little nervous. I see him doing a couple things each game. I'm like, buddy, you're going to get in trouble for one of these. And, uh, and he hasn't given up a PK yet or something, but it does feel like he's doing some, he's playing the dangerous game and might be, the most dangerous game. Ooh. He's going to start hunting them with guns. No, I totally agree though. And like, it reminds me of, God, was it after college, a buddy of mine was playing in a rec league and Tony Sané was on the other team. Mm -hmm. As like playing against him. Like he's just like, Oh yeah, I'm just going to knock you. You want to come at me? All right, fine. Yeah. Um, other players that we want to talk about or anything else stylistically, or, or I guess, let me say this here, are the notes I made. Looking at the Austin game versus the regular average, the long passes that we were taking were up 15. They were 15% of our passes. Um, our average is usually about 10. <clears throat> passes per possession for this game was 2.84, uh, down from usually 3.75. Uh, our possession was 38.5. At home, in front of... Well, let's talk about this in a sec. Uh, the the best atmosphere I think we've had all season in a long time, basically. Um, and they just they just gave up the ball, right? They were they're playing differently here, and it hasn't been all these games. It's not like all of our recent games have been thirty eight percent possession, but they've been doing a lot of this uh, um, more faster, turn the ball over, get it up. Uh, you know, either the ball goes out, goes for a shot, goes in the back of the net. Um, counterattacking soccer, whether it's gag and press, I don't know, but certainly that uh, Fragapane goal was. I mean, I, I think we've 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 embraced the mentality of we're we're a really good counterattacking transition team, um, and I think which is what I've been calling for for years. Just yeah. thank you, Heath, well, for finally listening to the back uh, back issues of this podcast. Because I, I think it's it's one of those things you have the talent to do that, and now you have more like the personnel. And I think um, being able to have these players understand where they need to be is is really unlock that attacking mentality where you don't have to have possession; you just have to be able to get the ball and then quickly quickly make that. So what we've seen with other teams like Portland and Seattle, who are well known for that type of thing, but now we're becoming one of those teams that seems to be. Um, you know, keep on doing that, and I, and I thought this game was was a, was a good showing of how once you understand your identity and once you understand your roles, how um, 
dangerous you can be, specifically with a team that, you know, what is it? What they have 48 points, right? We have like 41, mm-hmm. right? So like the number two team in the West. And we literally, you know, we 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 took advantage of everything we could. We, you know, the, the opportunities in most of the this game, they didn't have really good opportunities. There was a couple of scruffles. I mean, let's talk about the one-inch punch that uh, Amarilla received literally six minutes into the game. I mean, it was a chippy game at one point, you know. Well, so going going back to the 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 tactics there, just just pointing out that um a day after Fragapane shows him how to do it, Brendan Aronson does the exact same thing uh, to Chelsea. Uh, comes out of nowhere. Our, our goal, just to talk about this, our, our second goal, Reynoso's up pressuring really high, higher than Amaria. He put, he pressures it to send it back to the keeper. The keeper sends it to his center back. I'm blanking on the guy's name. but um, And then Fragapane makes a 30-yard run. And this is 10 minutes after I told Rodrigo, like, ooh, I think Rodrigo, or I think Rodrigo, I think Fragapane is losing steam. He's not really up, you know, they should think about subbing him. And then he just comes screaming out of nowhere, strips the ball off the um, defender, and then just chips the keeper. He didn't do a no look, which is something that Brendan was like, well, if I'm going to do this, I've got to, you don't want to copy it. You want to like add your own thing. So his thing was the no look. Didn't do a chip, but um, it was a fantastic goal. Just created just purely on... Smarties and cocaine and mate. That's what they add. Different thing. Aronson doesn't drink mate. He's way too New Jersey for that. I, I mean, I think I think Fragapane was trying to unlock his unlock the Super Saiyan mode that you know Reynoso and Rosales and Curvin are trying to embody, right? And you know, just that golden hair and just sure sure Saiyan power just. Went right through that, but that was such a fun. I love hustle, hustle, hustle goals. I think that's one of the things that is really interesting and really fun to watch. But it also points out that, like, if you are going to play out the back, you really have to have a lot of movement from your midfielder, your six, your center backs, your 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 fullbacks to be able to make sure that you are always having that extra pass or having that extra person. And if pressure is is the greatest greatest thing that. That they can, that we can provide, and just try to get those. I'm hoping we get more goals like that. No, and I love it too because it works both. It's like either you set up great goals like that, where you just like basically force the other team to make mistakes in their defensive third, or also, I mean, you know, it's like our possession. Like we had like what 38 percent possession, yeah. but the thing is, like, they were never, they never did anything that was overly like, uh, you know, but like problematic for us as far as like the possession they did have it wasn't like they were like having a lot of scoring opportunities a lot most of their possession was in the middle third to like their third of the field like just pinging it back around because of that pressure kind of maintaining the ball back there and so it wasn't really dangerous pressure a dangerous possession that they had which i thought was great and like so it doesn't really matter if you're conceding possession if the possession they have isn't amounting to anything and then i'm glad they're we're doing it and moving forward with it because it's again like You've talked about for years. It's what we could be good at. And also just with our four attacking players. Like the nice thing is that when I don't know what, what caused them all to just start clicking at once, but the fact that they are just makes them impossible to defend because anybody can score on you now. And anybody that makes a run is making room for somebody else who's also performing well. And like I don't know if they can continue this form through the end of the season. Thankfully, we're we end early, so we'll be hitting the playoffs early. So maybe they can, but 
Yeah, our attacking four have been phenomenal the last couple matches. Um, Mendo Garcia also came well came into the game. Jonathan Gonzalez also got his first home appearance, but uh, Mendo Garcia got his first appearance overall. Um, he looked. Uh, I, I think uh, the jury is obviously going to be still out for a while on him. He looked very physical, like. It was kind of a hectic part of the game. He was doing a lot of good running, a lot of, you know, he's a big dude. So I don't know what to make of that. Um, I do think that he's going to be playing a good part for us. And I think, um, I really hope that we find a way to like use Fragapane to like his ultimate, like just go send him out there like a top and then take him off there and then put the big dude on there to just knock someone over and, and, smack in a ball, but I, I'm curious to see how the guy plays, what what his style is. Yeah. I'm still kind of salty that he missed uh, Bongi on that cross he could have had. He was wide open and we could have had a, another Bongi goal at home, yeah. but overall, like, you know, we'll see you with Mender. Mender G, as his jersey says. Mender G. I call him Menders. Or Menders. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, um, all right, I'm going to I'm going to call it on the Austin game and just say that we're going to continue our um, public ownership of the state of Texas with a game against uh, Houston. Dylan Wolpers is turning 78 at this point, I think. And uh, this is a afternoon game, 2:30 p.m. Uh, Houston are garbage, just pure simple garbage. Um, I'm going to be honest, there's no way we should lose this game. We, this should be a easy 2-0 victory. Um, it will not be, just because that's at least what history tells us. But, uh, yeah, they are 3-9-1 and one on the road this year. And so, yeah, they have not won. Oh, they've won one in the last 10 matches. Woohoo! Yeah. They have five points in the last 10 matches to R23. Jesus. Um, I'm saying that schedule is looking... Pretty nice. Yeah. We have uh, what? We've got um, Houston, RSL, and someone good coming up. I think we play LAFC, right? At one yeah, point. it might be. Yeah. Um, it, it, it gets, there's a few tough uh, teams coming up, but I think the, the second half of the season, I think we're still coasting into a pretty good, you know, one or two here or there, some pretty tough teams. But, you know, I think we play Houston 17 times uh, more this season. So, that that should be at least worth three mm-hmm. times seventeen. Um, all right, let's take a break, and we've got a few uh, Twitter questions. Back in the fifty-five-one podcast, let's uh, let's blow this mother out. Charles F. Stewart says, "Why is my father's love conditional?" Um, because uh, is this a is this a per plus question? Because uh, because you got shoulders con- above the best condition after you shampoo. Yeah. It's important. Uh, you know your weekly. Oh, Issa Watch is here. What's up? What are we doing? Yeah, I exactly. You're talking into the mic. Yeah, I can't hear a goddamn thing you guys are saying. Oh, but it's whoa! Okay. She's going to college and she, she uses oh, naughty who words talks like that. It's college student. Hello. Oh. All right, Issa Watch. Too much. Good luck for uh, good luck at college. I only swore once. We're kidding. 
Good luck at college this week. Is one time once is is one accidental time? She's gonna play um, soccer uh, with Iris and Emil tomorrow afternoon. I am. It's gonna so. be great. All right. Thanks. Um, you know where I swipe are? For college. Bye, All right, and this question from Corazon de Milun says, does Minnesota United need to finish above Atlanta in the standings for Reynosa to have a chance at MVP? Um, you mean Austin? Austin, but I don't know what I said. Okay, oh, you I said Atlanta. Yeah, sorry. It's a dyslexia thing or weird reading thing. Um, right now, Reynoso is 21st in the league for goals and assists created. Um, I think... I think he's got a long way to go. Um, he's having a great season, part of it, and but he's got a long way to go until he's he gets past. Like Driussi is having an amazing season, so he's Golden Boot leader, and he plays for an Austin that is massively overachieving or massively succeeding. Um, Diego Fagundes has nine assists for them. He's leading the league in that. Um, I think you'd have to step up quite a bit to to right. for Reynoso. But uh, I mean, yeah, Reynoso's currently has 10 goals and four assists. So like if if somehow he could um have the 2020 year where he had 12 assists, I think if he ends with 10 goals and 12 assists, I think that's it, that's worthy of conversation. Of, yeah, maybe of, he scores three or four more goals and has 12 assists, that would be killer. Especially you know, putting in 10 assists toward the end of the season. I think I think then you have a case to make there, but part of it is, is this team succeed? Is he the most valuable player to his team? That's almost certainly true. Um, and is this team succeeding? I think we need to be more than third. And I don't know how that's exactly going to happen. Um, got another question here from Colin O'Donnell. What unused IP would you want used as the basis of your soccer league? This is a LA Aztecs joke. Um, like IP address? No, intellectual property. Oh, um, I mean, for me, I would probably go with. Uh, was it Antigua and Barbuda had a soccer team in the USL for a while? The um, the um, the Barracudas, I believe that was that was a good one. I might go with FC New York, which is often called FC Clipart. You can go look up FC New York on Wikipedia. It's one of the best logos of all time because it literally was made with Clipart. Um, those those are two high ones. I mean, I can only imagine like the in-game atmosphere where they only use music that has that the uh, you know trademark and the whatever has expired on it. So it's like every goal celebration song is just. The happy birthday song. Yeah. You know, yep. something like that. Um, next, I'd, I'd probably go back to like the early 1980 mascots in the World Cup. Yeah. And just start superimposing that and start pressing them. Em, em, uh, Emil has started watching a lot of marble races on YouTube, which have you guys watched these at all? It's pretty yeah. awesome, actually. <laughs> they're, they're kind of amazing. It's this dude who, like, it's just his basement just doing it all in his basement. He's got fake crowd noise. I know this became a thing during COVID, but it's really funny. And Emil's like, he's, he's really into this. Um, 
and and you know the guy has his like it's Brazil versus Mexico, and then the the thing is just pure chance because it's marbles, right? There's nothing you can do. But he's like, ooh, Mexico has two championships already. Brazil only one. Oof. Um, it's just classic. It reminds me of the old days, like when my friends and I during like the, the kids in the cul-de-sac, um, we had these big sheets of paper that normal kids would draw pictures on, like big landscapes. But instead we decided like, all right, today is the Dodgers versus the Phillies. And, uh, and then we would write out each player, et cetera. And then each time we were up at bat at wiffle ball, it's like, okay, I'm batting as, um, Mike Schmidt or something like that. Um, it was great. Good times. So who was in charge of like holding the, like the giant thing? After, like how, like, you, after you batted, you went over and you, you filled out, you filled it out. Yeah, man. That's, that's, that's commitment. That's impressive. Yeah. Wait till, wait till he gets into Mark Rober YouTube videos and Mark then you be like, no, Rober. Rober. Okay. He's a former NASA scientist that looks like he's 18. Okay. So he like makes the biggest, biggest Nerf guns you can see and shoots them out his nephews and stuff like that. Just really <laughs> excellent. Really uh, cool stuff. Only pun CEO says, how long did it take for AI to create the NSL site given? Uh, not long, 12 minutes. It's well, I mean, someone linked to a, a few of the articles that they're like, they're going to be innovatively doing this and there's no content to the article. It's just like, it's just a title. It's a gr- classic. Um, Given the Ludes are third in points per game in the West and have a forgiving schedule, but have also uh, given that seemingly 87 times, 87 teams are within three points of the third, fourth seed. What should be our expected finish in the standings? I mean, go, oh, Mark. Uh, you would, it's actually like if you look at points per game, we're actually now closer to Austin than we are to the lat, the number eight spot out of the playoffs. So we're closer to the number two spot than we are to the eight spot now. Um, and with our, and I haven't looked at Dallas's schedule at all to see how tough it is, but with our schedule, I mean, we like, we end with uh, SKC, San Jose and Vancouver's our final three matches of the season. Like second is very doable right now. Uh, we and, do have, I mean, we are our final games, you know, our tough games. We do have Dallas and LAFC, but both of those are at home, thankfully. We do have um, uh, travel to Portland, which traditionally used to be tough. Um, you know, travel to Real Salt Lake, not easy. Travel to Sporting Kansas City should be easier this year, but it's not, you know, travel to San Jose is usually easy. But there's, there's probably, I would say, half of our. Eight games. Four of our eight games are tougher. Four of them are easy. Yeah. No. And I, and honestly, like I would love. I mean, obviously, top four. Uh, is it, yeah, top four to get the um play uh, the home playoff spot spot would be great. Top three would be even better because then you're on the opposite side of the bracket from LAFC. So I mean, if we could finish third, that would just that'd be great. Second, be even more even awesomer. Third, and we play Austin. Boom. Let's do that. Um. Let's uh, let, let me come to one of our final questions here, uh, which is um, Death Loon Drone wants to know where am I? I also want to know that Chris Wright. Oh, Frog Chris Town. Wright stole, broke into the uh, stadium and stole it. Oh yeah, no wonder we were hearing like drone type sounds over Frog Town. Um, he's been he's been disguised as that um, one uh, athletic trainer who 
is out there and you're like, is that Chris Wright? And then he's, it's, it's been a thing. And then all of a sudden he didn't show up for work the next day. You, you know, you know, our bet he took it to, he went to Como Park to view the, to, to fly over the Japanese lantern celebration that's going down down there this whole week. Chris Wright doesn't know where Como Park is, man. That dude that's is okay. on a beach. The drone, in the, the drone does. The drone does. You yeah. just need to tell the drone where to go. All right, let's uh, let's call this a day. Um, we will be back to record another podcast. In the meantime, um, you know, Blackheart is open for eight thirty on Saturdays for Bundesliga and uh, Premier League, and then eight a.m. And uh, we will be uh, doing the food truck and then karaoke after the game on uh, Saturday. So we will see you soon. Um, thanks to everyone. I've had a bunch of people who have said hi to me recently and, and said they like the podcast and that's really nice to hear. So thanks. It's cool. Um, you're beautiful. You're sexy. And everyone loves you. 